Brother Nathan Haynes just writes in a quick testimony here from, from Sunday. We had a prayer request for me. He said, I would like to thank everyone for praying for me on Sunday and the Lord for touching me. I had some kind of allergic reaction, but I'm much better now. Amen. Nice to see you, Brother Nathan. Let the Lord touch you. Let's just sing this song. Let's rejoice tonight. Amen.
you, Jesus. Oh, shout to the Lord. My Jesus.
prayer at this time. We have no written requests. Uncle Steve, could I ask you to open up in a word of prayer as, as, as he comes? Just to sing, Father in heaven, we love you. Father in Before the Lord. Wonderful Lord Jesus. Lord, we we come before you once again today, Lord. Already God been in your presence today. Lord, we just, we wish we, we, that we didn't have to leave your presence to go to work and the things of this life, Lord, that take us away from you, Lord. But we're so glad we're here today, Lord, to worship your wonderful name, Lord. Father, we're happy to be here, Lord. We, we weren't forced to come, Lord, but this desire within us, Lord, driving us to bring you to church with us, Lord, today. Oh, we're so happy today to serve a living God, Lord. In a world, Lord, that's chasing after idols, in a world that's chasing after entertainment and all sorts of things, Lord, but we have a living God living, not a million miles away, but living in our souls, oh God. Lord, we wanna just be free tonight to worship you and praise you and. Lord, lift your wonderful name for the great things that you have done in our lives, Lord. For where would we be tonight, Lord, if it was not for your grace? Where would we be tonight, Lord, if you didn't come and your arm reached out to us, Lord, when we were in that place where no one could help us, Lord? We couldn't help ourselves, Lord. There was no arm that could save us, but, but your arm, Lord Jesus, was strong. You reached down for us, Lord, and you took us out of the miry clay, Lord. You took us from that place, oh God, that was where we were suffering, Lord. For the enemy opens not the door of the, of the prison of the prisoners, Lord. But we're so glad that grace reached out to us, Lord. Father, tonight we do have needs among us, Lord. There's unspoken requests, Lord. Brother EBA, oh God, laying in, in our room someplace, Lord. Gonna see a specialist tomorrow, Lord. 
We pray, Heavenly Father, with all that is in us. Lord, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. We know that faith knows no defeat, Lord Jesus. Even when it is the darkest hour, Lord, faith will still shine, Lord Jesus. So we bring our brother before you, Lord. We lift him up before you, O oh God, and we pray that once more, Lord, you would come on the scene, Lord. One more you would make that what's wrong, correct it, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. We send the Holy Spirit to that little room and encourage our brother's heart even tonight, Lord. Oh God, we, we believe that you're the God of miracles, Lord. Oh God, we receive the miracle in our own lives so that we can believe in miracles, Lord. The, miracle, the greatest miracle we receive is when you saved us from our sins, Lord. Father, we just want to thank you for all you have done in our lives, Lord. And we pray tonight you have your way. We pray that you take the, the brother who will stand behind the sacred desk, Lord. Hide him on the rock, Lord. Speak through him, Lord Jesus. You know our desires. You know our needs, Lord. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you have your way. Discern. You still are the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Lord. And it comes through the preaching of your word, O oh God. And we're so glad to serve these living God, Lord. Lord, we just commit the evening into your hands tonight. Thank you for all things, Lord. Thank you that we can again gather today, Lord, with no restrictions, O oh Lord. We are so glad and we pray for those that could not make it tonight, but that they wanted to be here, but for some reason or another could not make it. Oh God, we pray that the same Holy Spirit that would be speaking to us would speak to them, Lord. We pray, oh God, that you would send the Spirit and bless them as well, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you tonight. We appreciate that word that you sent in this hour that is setting us free, Lord. Preparing us for that moment, Lord. When we're going to leave this world behind, we're going to be cut away, Lord. Father, we feel in our souls that, that that already has begun, Lord. We're just waiting for that moment, Lord. Have your way tonight, Lord, we pray. Lord Jesus, we just love you. We appreciate you, Lord. We can't say it enough, Lord. All you have done. And, Lord, we don't want to be looking back to what you did yesterday, Lord, or looking forward to what you're going to do tomorrow, Lord. But... We want to focus on what you're doing right now, Lord, for it is now that we are the children of God, Lord. So, Father God, come and be free in our midst, Lord. Speak to each heart, Lord. Oh, Father God, we love you. We thank you. And we just pray in your precious and wonderful name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Raymond has a special for us. You guys may have your seats. As he comes, let's just keep singing that chorus. Blessed be. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty Who was and is and is to come Blessed
Yeah. 
look forward to that day. Amen. Thank you, Brother Raymond. As Brother Michael comes to sing the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. For your mercies and
haven't we been doing that? Singing of his goodness. We've just been reveling in his presence these last days and weeks and months, haven't we? We had a wonderful time at the prayer meeting on, Wednesday, on Monday. I just, if you can't make it, if you can't make it, I'd say make every effort to make it. Amen. And no invitation necessary. Amen. I know it's the brothers there on normal times, but you're well welcome, brothers and the family. It's a, it's a good time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We had a wonderful time. I've just got a couple of announcements before we turn the word. We can maybe just hold on there, Brother Ben. Uh, just to make a reminder that this Saturday we're having a little bit of a work bee at the camp again, 9.30 or so is kind of the start time, anywhere from 9.30, 9.45 or so on this Saturday. I'll be doing the cleaning of the kitchen and uh, redoing more flooring. As you saw last week, we have some areas to still finish. And so we could uh, use a little bit of elbow grease from every one of you that can make it. And I'm going to announce another one on top of that. This is kind of, you can just turn me down a little bit there, Jordan. I feel like I'm blasting. Um, this is kind of camp focus month. <laughs> All right, April. Let's probably just put that in our minds for future years. April's Camp Focus Month uh, as we kind of turn it in and get it ready for the summer. And so uh, also April 23rd, I'm going to just throw that date on the, on the uh, for everybody. You can put it on your calendars. That's going to be a kind of a real, we need, that's where we need every, every hand possible to really get the camp turned up and ready to go. Uh, every cabin needs to be cleaned and freshened up in the whole nine yards uh, as we go into the summer months. And so we do need everybody that can to come so mark that down april 23rd and uh, through the course of the summer we're going to be needing cleaning teams and uh, so we're going to be sending an email out regarding that and april 23rd will be kind of the start uh kind of training time with that as well so we enjoy camp we enjoy the ground it's been a big part of our our body here over these many years and uh but it does it does require work requires effort and so and i encourage those that maybe are young, you say, well, I, even have li I have littlest ones. Well, that's who the camp's for if time goes on. It's for the little ones as they grow up. And there's many that have labored there for the years and maybe don't even have kids. And, and so it's a body effort. Amen. So I just laid that out for you there. Uh, I do also, we have our 50th anniversary meetings coming up in May. And uh, that's been announced multiple times. There's a post going to go up on the website. Uh, we have Thursday night's going to be a little bit of a of a church meet and greet, a little bit of a fellowship evening. There's different ones that have come in over these last months that people haven't seen, and testing disappears as of uh, tomorrow, I think it is, or the day after, so no more tests required at the border, so those that uh, are able are able to cross with much more minimal problems and headaches, and so we're just going to have, Thursday will be a wonder, just a time to kind of let the walls down a little bit and fellowship and reconnect with different ones, and, uh, but we do need to know who's coming. And so on the booking site that you've used, or maybe you've wanted to forget you used uh, many months ago, uh, there'll be a spot there to kind of just give us an RSVP. And that'll be for the Thursday. And then there'll be a second one for the Sunday, which will be having a, a banquet uh, dinner. And that'll be a dinner. It's not jeans. It's not t-shirt. It's, it's a banquet. All right. We're going to have a time together. We're going to rejoice. It's, it's Jubilee year. told the brothers in the past that he said I don't mind preaching with a handheld but I might be swallowing my words <laughs> so that is on Sunday uh, on, on, the, on the May weekend and there is also an RSVP 
on the website. There'll be that on there and the link to that. So I just want to lay that there for you so you can be looking at it. You got till Easter to put that down. If you're not down, because uh, we have to plan numbers. If you're not down by Easter, unfortunately, we'll just have to say, sorry, no food for you. All right. So please, please just uh, put that on your radar and, and don't forget. Amen. I don't want to sing a little song, but Ben, I think I sent it to you. And uh, I think it's song 241, um, Butters on the... That's the one. Come Holy Spirit, I need you. I don't know how many knows this song. Not many. It's a beautiful song. I just thought we'd sing it before we go to the service this evening. If you don't, those that know it, sing it really loud with me if you can. Amen. Oh, come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, Holy our prayer tonight come Holy Spirit I need you Lord surely there's not one in the sound of my voice tonight Lord that doesn't need you Lord no everybody here surely needs you Lord so Lord that's our heart prayer our cries Lord come Lord Jesus Lord as the verses Lord speak about those maybe in a desert You'd come and be the spring. Those that would need a balm or that are hurt, you'd be the balm. Lord, only your word can be that, Lord. No man's words can be balm. No man's words can be, Lord, a spring of water in a dry time. But, Lord, the word of God can meet every need, Lord. So we dedicate this little evening, our Wednesday night service to you, Jesus, that you'd speak to our hearts. Now we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to our scriptures. We're going to turn to Ezekiel 36. Amen. While you're turning, I greet you from Brother Aaron and Sister Elizabeth McGeary. You're down in Phoenix area there. We spent a little bit of time with them, and so they pass your greetings from them on to you. They say hello. I Brother West and Sister Diane Nygaard, they say hello. Brother Randy, Sister Lori, Snow, they say hello. It was truly good to see them, and so we just pass their love and greetings to you. Ezekiel 36, 24 to 28. I feel like I'm still ringing out there, if you can, Brother Jordan. Very common scripture, I should say maybe very familiar scripture, not common. 
Scripture says, For I will take you among the heathen and gather you out of all countries, and I will bring you into your own land. Amen. And then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and I, ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols, and I will, will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk within my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I give, gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Isn't that a blessed scripture? It's almost worth repeating as the Lord is speaking. It's I. It's not someone else. This is the King of glory speaking to his people. He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. You're needing to be washed. You're needing to be cleansed. I will put water upon you and you shall be clean. Not man's cleanliness, not by man's standard, but God's standard. He's going to clean you and cleanse you by the water of the word from all your filthiness, from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? A new heart. A new heart. You might have a stony heart. Your heart might be encrusted over with, with just the wretchedness of the world. But I'm going to take that out of you. I'm going to chip it all off. I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to put a new one into you. Amen? A new spirit will I put within you and take away that stony heart and I will put my spirit. He doesn't just leave you with a new spirit and a new heart. He then says, and then I will put my spirit within you. Amen? And cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Amen? Let's turn to one more scripture, 1 Peter 1.23. Another scripture you will know very well. It's way at the back there. <laughs> All right, amen, here in the pages. It's a good sound. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Amen. Not of corruptible seed. Incorruptible. You may have your seats. Lord bless the reading of the word in the evening. I note my time, so I'll be conscious of that a little bit after the normal. But I want to speak tonight, just uh, Lord help me, a subject maybe that, uh, oh my, Abigail, she said, would you like to come and eat a little dinner? I said, I am just way behind. I, there's no way. <laughs> so I had to skip out. I said, Lord, I need some real help tonight. So you help me tonight by pulling on the word. May the Lord give me inspiration just to convey what the burden on my heart but I, I want to speak tonight just reflectors of His nature. And so I just want to speak about the nature of God within us. And so as the Scripture 
States, First Peter says we're not born of, of corruptible seed, that corruptible, a decaying, a perishable seed, which is, is something that's going to die over a period of time. It's, it, it's something that's not going to live forevermore, but as the incorruptible seed, which is the imperishable or the indestructible or the non-biodegradable. Hey, everybody's about biodegradable these days. You know, let it break down into the earth and just become nothing. But that's like God is like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to be born again by something that cannot biodegrade. It can't just wither away into the, into the, into the earth and, and just be consumed and, and become nothing. Amen. It's, it's the non-decaying, non-corroding, made to last, the enduring, the everlasting, and the eternal seed. Amen. That's the incorruptible seed that God says you're to be born again by, amen, not of something of this world. But as we, as we just step into the thought, Psalms 51, 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And so here we have a bit of a different uh, a shift here. We, we, we find that we start right out of the gates, actually, in iniquity, and in sin, which is indeed corruptible. It's corruptible. Sin is corruptible. And here we're starting off right out of the gates, really the beginning of our life. It's really just fouled right up, right at the start. It's corrupted right out of birth, right? Born in sin, as we hear, shaped in iniquity, come into the world's speaking lies. And every, every life on this planet is prefaced by birth. Everybody here. Not one escapes a birth. It is natural. It's we are born, but so is it spiritual. We are born. Okay, and we're just going to run a little, little comparison or a little, just run these two just for the next little, little bit here. And man, John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And okay, this brother Tom mentioned it on Sunday. Being born again is not just a, you know, well, yeah, we heard that a long time ago and we're just moving on from it. Foundational, the most important aspect, I would say, of Scripture is a born-again experience because you can't even see the kingdom of God. Birth, the lowly gateway at which we enter into life. But also, as one said, the lofty portal by which we are admitted into the kingdom of heaven. Birth natural, birth spiritual. Amen. And we look at both natural birth. We look at the natural birth indeed. Man, of course, science, and we've, we've gone through it in prior services, and I won't go into any depths. But even the birth itself is, is an incredible aspect, which we've talked about. And this little vessel that is shaped, and it's, it's grown in complete wonder. And as it comes to the womb, and, it, and is birthed, and it comes out, and it takes that living breath, and becomes a living soul. We just, birth happens probably every time I click, probably some baby is born. But there's an incredible aspect as a baby is birthed into creation and is birthed into life and <gasps> takes that living breath and becomes a living soul. It's incredible. And even mysterious. How does that happen? How, what goes on as a baby comes through that birth canal and then takes that breath of life and everything starts to function from non-breath to breath and the systems just start to roll? How does that happen? Only God knows. It's incredible. Don't take it for granted. Psalms 139 says, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought, David said, in the lowest parts of earth. 
And there, as he said, curiously wrought indeed, because specifically even back in the Bible times, not a lot would have been known even about the process as, as the baby was conceived and such. But here, greater still, greater still, as much as the mysterious and the, and the awe-inspiring aspect of natural birth, greater still, I'd say, is the spiritual birth. Amen, that we are born again. And, and, and hear how the Spirit of God can come in and open someone's mind to see the splendors and the richness of His Word. How they can renew their faculties and, and refresh or, or completely change their desires and guide them or enlighten a person in their understanding and subdue somebody's will. I'm going this way, but I'm going that way. I've made these decisions. I'm cutting them off. I'm going that direction. And God completely transforms somebody greater still the mystery of a new birth spiritual and only God knows how that happens but we know as much as there's a natural birth in birth life is created that's a, a given and this feeble cry is uttered forth as, a, as an infant would, would come into a stage of life to breathe and to live to die eventually. And so in the new birth, there's indeed a creation that happens. Amen. There's a good, and some you might not you say, well, birth is just so real. It can just, you know, see it happen and there, baby. But a spiritual birth is indeed an absolute creation. And we are made into new creatures in Christ Jesus as another spirit is born to pray, born to believe in Christ, born to now love him, to rejoice, to worship, to praise. There is a birth. There is a creation. No one can doubt that birth is the manifestation of a creation. Amen. So let no one even doubt that. That being born again is just as real as a natural birth. There's a reality in that birth. It's just as real when someone is born again of the spiritual birth. Amen? And so these two births can very close in some cases maybe resemble in some similarities there. But you were not. If you were not born, you wouldn't be here. Is that pretty straightforward? And you'll never be in heaven unless you're born again. Period. Unless you'd been born, you'd not been able to hear, to think, to see. If you hadn't been born today, you wouldn't have appreciated or you haven't, wouldn't even have those functions. And so it is as today, if you're not born again, to pray or even believe in Christ unless you're born again. Period. The enjoyments of this world could never have been known to you unless it had been for your birth. And to save the light of God, you do not know today until you have known, until you have been born again by the power of God. Do not look upon being born again as though it's just some fancy, fictional, or some, some conceptual thing of, 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 of a word, you know, some, some, some uh, what do they call those things, like, uh, you know, all those different words. What is that called? You've lost it. I've lost it. <laughs> a word picture. Thank you. <laughs> it's not just, it's actually something real. It's something of reality when someone is born again and completely a new creature. Amen. And so it's nice when we're born, it's, we, we, you know, we have our fingers, our toes, our, our anatomy, we appreciate it, we appreciate our eyes and ears and nose and all of that aspect. But I want to jump a little bit deeper that past just the, the, the anatomy aspect or the physiological aspects of our being because there's something a whole lot more that happens at birth, spiritually and naturally. Because life 
has actually been communicated to a little one. A little one is not just created all by itself. Something has to come together to communicate life for that little one to form. It didn't just self-create. And so we actually have a link. Each one of us have links back to our parents, grandparents, great-great-grandparents, beyond, beyond. There's a link there. Something has been passed down. Life has been communicated to each one of us. All right? And we can trace these links all the way back through history. Your DNA, part from your mom, part from your dad, your blueprint of, of who you are, it, it's more than just the physical plans that create your fingerprints and your fingernails, but it holds a code of your personality. It holds the code to your behaviors. It holds the codes to your traits, how you're going to respond, your weaknesses, your strengths, everything about you, the inner you is all there. And that has been passed a bit from mom and a bit from dad. And that forms together, and it deposits in you a life. 3.2 billion base pairs on your DNA. All these genetic letters. In fact, they say if someone typed up 60 words per minute, eight hours a day, it would take them over 50 years to type out all of the different aspects of the genetic code. And I won't even go into it because it'll go over all of our heads as it... it uh, uh, who know, you know, A, G, C, D, and all that kind of thing of how your genes are created. In fact, incredible aspect, they're actually trying to store and have made breakthroughs of storing data as DNA, believe it or not, because they can hold so much more. It, it, it's, it's incredible. As they're tapping, too, as we heard Brother Branham say, tapping into God's laboratory. Incredible. So there's a nature, there's a life that is conveyed when, it, when a child is created or a child is born, I should say, but it's out of because a parent had as a desire. There was a desire to express themselves in an offspring, okay? And it produces not just a body, not just fingers and, and eyes and noses, but it produces a life. It produces a nature inside a little one, and it's a representation of a part of them. Amen? And that's, what, that's where your nature is, comes. And it actually embodies inside of you is actually a bit, of the, an, a bit of essence of your parents. You're in the image of them. You chip off the old block. You're an apple that fell real close to the tree. Right? Because you embody a part of them. You embody even a portion of their nature. You're like, oh, how many fathers or parents around here, mothers around here have seen something, their children, you're like, oh dear, that's me. Please, no, Lord, save them from that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it, 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 they're carrying part of you. They're carrying some of that nature that's been deposited into them out of your desire. Oh, I just want something to express me, and there's your son or your daughter. And then you're saying, oh, not that part. <laughs> Everything else. And so we become a reflection, a reflection of our parents. Maybe a murky one sometimes, because we're a blended reflection of mom and dad. Now, everything has a nature. Pigs have natures. Of course, we hear, heard in the message a lot about a pig. 
Pigs love mud. Pigs love to slop. They, they love these things because it's, it's built inside of them. That's the nature that they have. I'm always amazed at dog's nature. We have a little, we have a dog, and, and my goodness, you get him a bone, and the first thing that he does, he takes it, and he has to run outside. That is the first thing he does, and he goes and buries his bone, period. It's just amazing. It's built inside of him to bone, dig hole, and bury, and repeat, uh, you know, and, and, and actually, in fact, I think we, we left for a little bit of a, uh, a holiday, and uh, Sister Megan was taking care of of, of our dog, and, and I believe she, she texts back, and she, he had buried a bone several months ago, if I have this correct, and he went over back to her home, and he dug up the bone that he had buried several months back, but he remembered where it was, because it's his nature. I want the bone. I know where it is. It's just built inside of him. You cannot pull that away from him. It's built inside his DNA. So are humans. We have a nature. We have some of it is, is uh, we have that nature that we receive and characteristics and traits, but there's also human nature. And I'm not going to go into it because, my goodness, Google that one and you go into way into the depths of, of man's brains, and that is not where you want to go because they don't understand it is really what it is. They have no clue to try and comprehend human nature. Is it nature or is it nurture? Is it because, behave, is it because of just built in you or is it because environmental? And they have to try and discuss, and nobody even has, it's all theories and they don't know nothing, but I'm just going to hit on a couple of things that Brother Branham said about human nature. I'm not going to go into all the other areas, but he says it's human nature for man to run from God. Human nature, that, that old man nature, that unreborn nature is to run from God. God help us. Amen. He said, Adam, right from the beginning, ran from God. That's human nature. Human nature, he said, to save his skin under all costs. It's human nature. Nobody wants to uh, get a, uh, a problem with their body. They don't want to hurt. They don't want to have pain. They want to survive. He said, like Satan, he knows a whole lot about human beings. He said to God, to Job, he said, what would a man give for his skin? Sure, he knows something about human nature, Satan. He helped pervert it. He had a hand in it. He knows a whole lot about it, and he still knows how to. What to do to cause people to fall? He knows human nature. So we have an adversary that knows human nature. He perverted it. He knows exactly what Brother Brown talks about, different things, how to put the wrong, the right thing in his realm in front of the person. Oh, maybe this little image here, or this little soundbite here, or this little video clip there, or this friend here, because he knows it's human nature, and he's going to try and figure a way to pervert you. Human nature. Humans are constantly seeking for eternal life. It's like down through history, they seek constantly for the Holy Grail, so they say. They're trying to find immortality. They search hard. There's something built in them because there's a thirst that's put in humanity to thirst for God, who is immortal. There's a thirst there, but they're racing and trying to find who knows what else to try and fill the thirst. That's human nature. You know, Brother Brown talks about human nature always needing God to push you into something. He speaks about Moses and why Christ speak. 
And he says, here was standing there. He, see, he knew the scriptures. He said that that was the hour and day for that to happen. He, had, he goes through. He, God had met him in the pillar of fire, doing things only God could do. But here he was standing there. He knew God's word was, had, had showed him what to do. He had been vindicated. But he was still standing there wanting God to say, go do this. And God is saying, Mm-mm. speak it. So God's nature, or man's nature, needing to be pushed to do something. God needing to push them to do something. He said that. He goes, but Abraham says, here's the circumstance with the people that he was raising up, bringing on to the promised land, and then it was standing crying, what must I do? He said, that's a human being. That's a human being. Lord, help us. But if there's a human nature, if there's human nature and all the idiosyncrasies of it and all the, the negative aspects of human nature that we run from God or we're trying to save our skin at all costs and maybe go the easy route or we drift, we go with the flow, all these aspects and, and many others of our, of our old man, our nature, there's got to be then a God nature. There's got to be another side. If there's a natural birth that gave us a, a, a natural uh, trait, a natural characteristic, there's got to be in the spiritual birth, in the reborn again experience, there's got to be some other nature that comes in, that counteracts all of that. If there's all the similarities in the first part, there's got to be similarities in the other. Amen? And so if by birth one receives a corrupted human nature, must be by rebirth, one must receive a new nature, which we've read in Scripture. And so here, Brother Branham, I just want to go through a quote, just slowly here a little bit. Here's the key. It's the new heart, a new spirit. And brother, then the scripture says, and then I will place my spirit within you. Amen. And Brother Branham says, now notice the order. First, I will take away the old stony heart. He says, you can't receive nothing. I will give you a new spirit, he said. Now he says, that ain't the Holy Spirit. He says, that's where the mistakes are made. He says, why many people, rather they come to the altar, they get down there praying and praying, they get to feeling a little better. They might get up and go on and jump around a little while. After a while, you, you go out and they just bounce and bounce and, and the dunk and back again. He goes, and, I, and I'm going to say something. I wanted to sink deep, he says. There is an emotional side, so-called Holy Ghost Church today, they get a lot of build-up fanaticism run out there because they disregard the word. They only go together, oh, we had a great meeting. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay. Now, when you do that and don't bear the fruit of the Spirit, here, and he goes, then you're in the new Spirit. Catch this now. You didn't used to do that. That's right. He says, but God gave you a new Spirit. So you had an experience of, uh, he says, by the spirit you had, you couldn't even get along with yourself. Your old crusty nature, your old spirit, that he says, you couldn't even get along with yourself. So how do you even get along with God? He said, so God gave you a new heart. And he goes, not a patched up one, a new heart. That lets your intellects that you think with a new way of thinking. Then he gives you a new way of thinking. Yeah, that's right, he says. That, that Bible looks to, be, looks to be right. I used to, I didn't believe that. I believe that now. That's, that's your great revival. See, he says, they say, yes, sir. I don't want to go to hell. No, I want to accept Christ. That's right. That's good, he says. That's just your birth, first birth, he says. Then after, he says, then I will give you a new spirit. What's that? A new desire. I want to do right. Now, 
I'm a Christian. I got to. I, I, he goes, oh, I'll just one more smoke. He says, then I'll throw it away. Or I'll just, I'll just stay home tonight. You know. He goes, all these little just, oh, just this. And, and so he's, he's noting that there's, a, there's, a, there's not a complete surrender here. He goes, but that's the new spirit. He says, then notice the art of the scripture. After you get a new heart, after a new spirit, he said, then I will put my spirit in you. That's what the scripture says here. That's the order, the numerical order, a new heart, a new spirit, and then my spirit. He says that's God's Holy Spirit. God's new heart that he put in you sits right in the center. That's your impulse. Your emotions go out. Then your new spirit sits right in the center of the new heart. And God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, sits right in the center of your new spirit. Amen. He goes, that's the wheel. That's the wheel in the middle of the wheel right there. Amen. He goes, and he goes, the Holy Spirit will make every movement like Christ. It'll make you Christ-like. The fruits or your nature now of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience, faith. There's the nature. There's the nature of Christ. He says our emotions is not so much as jumping up and down. You can do that. He said a shindig will do that. But the Holy Spirit brings you into operation. In control of God that you walk in peace and in love with long-suffering and goodness and meekness, gentleness and patience. He goes, it's something the Holy Spirit does in you. I wanted to go through that quote because how many maybe stop? Well, I feel great now. Glory to God. I had a, had a wonderful service. But if the fruits don't manifest, you're sitting there just with a new heart and a new spirit. God turned you around. He, oh, I, I want to believe. I, I have a desire for God. And you want to make the, you're making those steps. But you need to come to a place where his spirit is then deposited inside of you. That's the born again experience. Then the nature of God. Not your nature, his nature. Long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, patience. Long, those, those are God's attributes that then come and express out of you. That's a vital. That is vital. Now, this has been the very core of God's desire. Is that his nature, we'd be deposited in you and me. This goes way back in the, in, in the far reaches of eternity. And Brother Branham says, Now God's great secret mystery. I want you to catch this. This might not be a hoorah, amen service. I want you to catch what the message of this hour is saying. God's great, God's secret mystery. He had before the world began, back in the back part of God's mind, there was something he was trying and was going, not just trying, but going to achieve. God was going to make sure it happened. He said, and he had a motive in doing it. When you have a motive, you've planned something out. It's not just, well, you know, I'll just figure it out. He has a motive to attain some goal. And he says, in order to let himself be expressed. Way back in the back parts of God's mind, he said, I have a desire. I, I, I want some. This isn't just something willy-nilly. He just says, yeah, well, you know, I, I just don't really have a plan. It wasn't a long shot in the dark. 
This was a purpose he had, something in the back of his mind. He goes, I got a motive here. I, I desire something. How, how do how, I desire that I can be expressed? And he's wanting to bring this now to full manifestation. And he says, the first thing was God wanted to reveal himself to the people. This is the first thing. The first thing God wanted to do. Brother Bram says, here God couldn't do it as great Jehovah. He covered all time and space and eternity. He could not do that. He's too great to ever be revealed to people because he'd be too mysterious. He said he couldn't, he, that great being that never did, he goes, that after you went beyond the cycle of hundreds of billions and trillions and trillions of light space out into the infinite, into eternity, a great creature that was all that and still is. And then us try and figure that out? It wasn't going to happen. Here he was brooding in his thoughts. I desire to be expressed. I, I, I want to I express myself to people. How do I do this? I, I'm too great. I'm too mysterious. I fill all time and space. How does an infinitesimal little human being understand eternity? I don't. But he's like, I want to do this. Because Brother Brown says, because he loved fatherhood he loved fatherhood and here he is brooding in his thoughts in eternity as he reaches through the vast reaches of galaxy upon galaxy he says oh I just want to be a father. It's that same desire that a father had. Oh, I just want to express myself. I want a son. I want an offspring that can convey my nature of who I am. God in his great mind says, oh, I desire fatherhood. And he is thinking of you. In his mind, he's thinking of you. He's like, oh, I can see Joshua McKenna. I need to express myself through him. How can I get down there? How can I get my nature into him? He's thinking about you. He loved it and he desired it. It was such a great desire to produce something that had his nature. Something that had the production or that had his seed and it could express who he was. But Abraham says and the only way that he could express it was to become a son, a man, he says. That's the reason Jesus kept saying, son of man. This was the only way God could do this. How do I come down to man? He says, I'll become a son of man. See, they didn't know what he was talking about, many of them. But now you get it, he says. He wanted to express himself. That was his, one of his great threefold purposes was to express himself. One of God's great, as Brother Bram says at the beginning there, God's secret mystery. This isn't just like, I have a thought. No, 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 this is something he's held. He's actually held this tight to his chest. I'm not gonna let nobody know about this actually. This is my secret mystery and I'm gonna hold it here and he's singing, how can I do this? And his secret mystery desire was to express himself and come and come down to man and say, I'm a son of man. And so God begins the process. 
it's a secret now. He goes, I can just, I can just see God. He begins now to reflect himself. This is a process because he now has to start this reflection of who he is. And now, and now down through the ages, he starts, he starts to brood. And I can imagine as he starts now, that, that, that brooding over man, he now wants to come to a place where the perfection can step forth. But it took some time, and it started out in the different ones through time. And you can imagine as he started to brood there, Noah comes up on the, on the, on the timetable of, of humanity, and he starts to build an ark. And he hears from God to build an ark. And he goes, now creating a place of safety. I can just imagine there God saying, that's right, Noah. That's exactly who I am. Build that ark there, Noah. Get that ready. Get that there to save, the pe- to save whoever would come in. I'm the ark. That's who I am. And he's, Noah is just expressing. He's just reflecting that little bit of God as, as he's hearing God speak to him. Amen. And so here, oh, yes, you're going to get mocked. Yeah, what are you doing, Noah? But they mocked him. They scoffed him. But that's, that's okay, Noah. That's okay. They're going to mock and scoff the Son of Man. They're going to mock and scoff me. Take it. Take it. That's just me being manifested. That's just me reflecting out of you. And now time kept going on as, as humanity started to move forth and Joseph hit the scene. And I can just imagine again as God looked down, here Joseph was, was as we would know, perfection. The nature of God again being reflected through Joseph, not even knowing these didn't, they didn't know. They're just living. They're, they don't have no clue what you know. And they're just living life as God has led them. And here they are. It's okay. Joseph here amongst his brethren, born and hated. Hated amongst his brethren. Brother Brown says that's born amongst denominations, he said. They hated him without a cause because he was spiritual. He saw visions and God was with him. He could interpret dreams and his brothers hated him. He said, that's okay, Joseph. Take the hate. I'll be with you. They're going to hate me too. They're going to scoff me too. I'm going to be amongst my own people. I'm going to be amongst Israel. Those that have, should have been waiting for him. Those, as Moses said, he's going to be a prophet like unto me. Here he was and here I am. But no, they hated him. Beelzebub. It's okay, Joseph. It's just me. Sold by his brother and by almost 30 pieces of silver. Just exactly like he was sold by Judas. I can just see him looking down at that. How would you have liked to have been in a caravan here? Your brothers have thrown you down into a pit, thrown you into, into, a, into a horrible position, and here then they pull him out of the pit. Here you're now going to sell you off. Your own brother. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Here he is t- tied up and bound, I'm sure, wondering what's going on. What are you doing? I've played the play. Brothers! What is this all about? Discorn and discorned, ignored, sold off for almost 30 pieces of silver. God's like, it's okay, Joseph. I know the feeling. I'm going to come down. I'm going to express myself. I'm going to be sold by Judas. I know exactly how that feels to be betrayed by one you love. It's okay. It's just me that you are expressing. You're the reflection of Jesus Christ. Thrown in a ditch in a dungeon, saved by, so to say, by Potiphar, brought out, I should say, then back into a dungeon with a butler and a baker. Again, without a prophet, you wouldn't even know this. <laughs> like, of course. 
Thief on the cross, Butler Baker, 30 pieces, Judas. I mean, it just all makes sense. I'm sorry. Without the message of this hour, you wouldn't be listening and preaching that. I can tell you that. Here he was. Oh, my God on the cross. It's okay, Joseph. It's, it's just me. It's just me. It's just my life that you are reflecting right now. I'm going to hang on a cross one day. I'm going to have one on my left and one on my right. You have a baker and you have a butler. The one's going to die and one's going to live. And Joseph's like, why am I in this dungeon? I, well, what am I here for? His mind is swimming with all these thoughts. God's given him dreams and visions about this one. Hey, you know, bowing down and the sun and the moon and the stars. Here he's in prison. What's going on? It's okay, Joseph. I just, if God could communicate to him, but he's not. He's just standing there. He's watching because he's watching a perfect reflection of his life manifested on the earth. And it's just God brooding brooding. It's coming. I'm coming. Just, just, just live as I speak. Live as I direct you. Be led by God. David, as he walked his way up out of, out of Jerusalem, weeping and rejected there, I mean, I can't even imagine by your own son, all the different emotions that are being torn amongst you. And, and here he is weeping, but Abraham says, going up the same mountain, Mount of Olives, as he was rejected of his brother and of his own people, and he went weeping. His heart is just crushed and broken. How did my people reject me? What had David done? This man had fought. He had done, he laid his life down. This guy was a warrior. He was a king of king. And it's like, we're going to go for this little upstart. This pretty hair, Absalom. And he's rejected, and he's weeping, and crushed, and leaving, and walking away. And God says, it's okay, David. I'm going to walk those exact same footsteps, as I will also be rejected of my brethren. And I will say, oh, how oft I would have brewed over you. How oft I would have cooed. I want to, but I'm rejected, and he's weeping and weeping. Oh, I, I just want to serve my people. I'm just living for them. Why are they rejecting me? And God's saying, I, I do the same thing. I just want to lay my life down for them. I want to save them. I want to be their savior. Why are they rejecting me? I could go through example after example all through the scripture as God's reflection is being made manifest through his people, through his children. And here we get a glimpse. Brother Bram says he's been gradually letting this out. Gradually and slowly unfolding his mystery. My my goodness, God, slowly, slowly unfolding his mystery. As lives walked forth through time, the pages of time turned. It was God unfolding his mystery. His secret, his great desire that he had. Oh, I gotta be expressed. I gotta come down to man. And so when you read this, that's God's mystery enfolding before you and I. He said, All them prophets, their types. He said, all those in type typed him, just in type, he says, but yet the mystery was hid. 
them men didn't know what they were doing. My. They only knew that they were led by the Spirit to do something. Now holding back in the last days, in the last days, for the great revelation, but expressing it, expressing in Moses, expressing in David, expressing in Joseph. He says, but he goes there, we could take each one, living out and showing, express Jesus Christ exactly, yet never giving his secret in full, waiting for to make it known in the last days. In the last days, as he promised, waiting for it to be fully comprehended. There's a time when God was going to then say, here's what I was doing. Here's my mystery. Here's my secret. I'm going to express it. I'm going to reveal it. And so after all of these different ones through time, God says, all right, the time has come. It's my time. It's my time to express exactly who I am. Everything had come into perfect order. God was, had arranged everything. And then there was a moment he says, now I'm going to fulfill what I have desired since the eons of eternity. Can you imagine the moment? Can you imagine? Said God said, now's the time. I'm going to express who I am. Woo, that would have been a time. You know what it said in, in, in Luke 2, 10. And the angel said unto them, as they came on the hills of Judea, fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You know, I imagine what happened on the selection process of what angel got that job. All right. It's my time to be manifest on earth. It's my time to come as a babe. They might not understand it, but it's part of my mystery. It's part of my secret revealing of who I am when I come and manifest myself in full reflection of who I am. Who wants to announce this? Okay, so how exactly are you going to say that? Uh, 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 fear not. No, no, it's not good enough. No, not good enough. Okay, next one. Fear not. Uh, well, that's pretty boisterous. Oh my, somebody got that job. Someone was selected. You get to announce the arrival of Jesus Christ. My goodness. Little did he know because it was hid. But Abraham says, and we'll get to the quote, hid from even the angels. They didn't even know. That he said, uh, little did he know. I, for me, I said, little did he know what he was announcing, I'm sure, as he came up. Now, what are you announcing? You're announcing me, the fullness of the Godhead, bodily in man. That's what you're announcing. Oh my, I better put on my big voice. Yes, you better. And you get the best choir together. And I need them in the hills because they're going to shout glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill toward men. That was a time. Woo. It still is a time. Pencil and lights in Santa Claus. Mm -mm. This was the arrival of the fullness of God in man. That's Christmas. That's what we're celebrating. Well, celebrate it every day. Here it was in that expression. Now that he can manifest himself, the fullness now, as we've said, of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus Christ. Oh my, I am eternal, he says. He was eternal by nature and naturally supernatural. My goodness, that's who was coming down to earth. He says, I'm the king of glory. I live forevermore, and everything I do is supernatural. That's who I am, and I'm coming down to express me, myself.
to men. Oh, my. Now what did he do? He walked to earth and started to reveal and express the very nature of God because he was God. How could you get this Trinity business? This was God himself become man to express who he is. I, I, how, do I, how do I get myself down to express myself? They can't comprehend me. And so he comes down and renders himself into flesh. This isn't some second person. This was God himself. Here he comes over and over now. He starts showing who exactly what his nature is. He was a healer. As he went through the crowds, he says, I am the healer of healers. I am that one Jehovah Jireh. I'm the one that healeth thee of all thy diseases. And so he walked. What did he do? He healed by Bartimaeus. He healed the lepers. He healed the lame. He healed halt, the blind, the dumb. He was a healer because that's who he was. That's my nature. I'm going to convey this to man. Hallelujah. My goodness, he says, I'm a creator. How do I show this to everybody? I'm the, I'm, I'm the one who created everything. I, I was the one who, in my mind, thought of, of creation itself. I'm the one who brought this all to pass. How do I show this? Oh, oh they're all hungry? Oh, you're, oh, just bring those little loaves to me. Bring a couple fishes to me. I need to express something. I need to express the creator in me. What's that little loaves? Oh, all right. Lord, thank you. Break, break, basket, 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 basket. Thousands, thousand, thousand, thousand. And how many left over? Oh, there's 12 baskets left over. That's okay, just a little extra. I'm the creator. Oh, I could just see in his mind, maybe Jesus had a little smirk on his, on, in his mind. Maybe not out in public. He said, that's me. Oh, I think that just conveyed it. I think that just showed who I am. I'm the creator. I am the fullness of the Godhead in flesh today. He says, now, hmm, Jesus, your friend is dead. Lazarus, he's sick. Actually, we came first. He's sick. Would you come? Well, I've shown I'm a healer quite a few times. Hmm, I need to show something else. It's okay, it's okay, disciples. Oh, but he's your friend. Aren't you gonna go? Well, we're just gonna go this way a little while. What's it? It's all right. Uh, Jesus, he's dead. He's dead. The one that you loved, he's died now. Oh, no, he's just sleeping. Let's go back now. I need to show them who I am. Oh, Jesus, if you were here, my brother, he would not have died. Oh, it's okay, Martha. <laughs> Though he were dead, yet shall he live. I am the resurrection and the life. Believest thou this? Oh, yes, Lord. I believe that we'll rise. No, she wasn't catching it. Let's, let's go to the stone, Martha. Let's roll the stone away. I got to show something of who I am. I was a healer. I was a healer. But I need to show that I am the resurrection. I need to show that I, nothing can hold me in the grave. Inside of me is eternal life. Roll that stone away. Let me just show you something. Lazarus, come forth. 
Oh my goodness, there was something else. Our creator, our king of glory says, now, who am I? I am the resurrection. There is proof as Lazarus come walking out of the grave. Tear off them grave clothes because I am life and life eternal. It didn't take long. It was only a few short years that Jesus was on the earth, but he showed exactly the nature of who he was. Jesus said in John 10, he says, I and my Father are one. That should clear it up. I and my Father are one. I am the full, exact reflection of God. That's who I am. I am the full expression of God. I am one. There's no difference. That's what the scripture is saying. I'm not some human mixture of DNA. I'm not something from Mary and something from God. I'm not something conceived of this and that. I'm not no mixture. I am 100% God. In a few short years, he said, I got to do one more thing because I got attributes in me that need to be expressed. I got something inside of me. This one was a little more difficult. He showed he was the resurrection, that he had resurrection power in him as he pulled Lazarus from the grave. He showed he was a healer. He showed he was a creator. He showed he was so many aspects of, uh, that were inside him, but there was one. Oh, there was one, and it was weighed heavy on him. He knew, he says, I am a sacrifice. That's why I'm here. I'm a savior. That's why I wanted to come down here. It's to be a savior to these men, to all men, that all would repent and come to Christ. Oh, that was a heavy one. As he took the cross, he dropped bloods of sweat at Gethsemane. Oh, but I got to express this. This is my nature. This is who I am. I can't, I can't shirk it. I can't let it go. And so I'll take the cross. I'll walk the road to Calvary. I'll bear the stripes for you and I. I'll take the crown of thorns on my head. Oh, I'm a savior. Oh, what a savior is he. What nature, what God, what the nature of God. It could not. There's a quote, but Abraham said, he said the love of God, his love, you are our, de our desire. Knowing that we would love him, knowing that we would serve him, our, our, that strained him. It strained him. It strained his love. He says, oh, I've got to save man. Because he knew that you would love him. He knew that you would serve him. So he says, I have to save man. What a nature. What a nature of God. But that was part that was part of the mystery. But Abraham says it's a threefold part, threefold mystery. I didn't have time to get into it. He said, secondly, to have the preeminence in, the, in his body of believers. God wasn't letting it stop there. Because to be a savior, he could do the atoning work on Calvary. But if nobody came to him, 
that there's a part missing there. There has to be someone come to fulfill saving, to fulfill the saving power. So he did the atoning. But there on Calvary, as he was pierced in his side, as the blood and water came out, amen, and then he gave up the ghost so that his spirit would be released. And God then went up onto the right hand of God. Now something else was going to happen. Something, the next part of the mystery. Since I have to also now, I have to not just express who I am to mankind and show my, my fullness of who I am, but now I have to send my spirit so that they also can express me. He says, I must release my spirit so that I can capture a bride who will reflect exactly who I am. This was part, was also in his mind, way in the back parts. First, that he might express himself. Second, that he might have the preeminence in a body that could then be, Lord, whatever you say, your will is my will. He says, I must find a people that I can project myself through. I, I can't be alone. Adam was alone. He said, hey, that's not good that he's alone. I must take from him and make him a bride because he needs to help me. That's not good. God said, it's not good for me to be alone. Neither. If I did that for Adam, I am the new creation and I need a bride. And so here now, we've, you see even little reflections of it. We see that in Ruth and Boaz. That was already peppered in Scripture because it was in his mind. He was already laying that little reflection out there. They're coming. It's not just me as Savior. It's not just me as Creator. But it's me also as husband. And there's a bride out there for me. But Abraham says, we are cleansed now. Our blood, our life which was brought through sexual desire in the world, the blood of Jesus Christ now cleanses us, changes our nature by sending upon us the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so he continues, he says, then we become into divine nature of God. We become a dwelling place for God. Think about it. He said the church is now supposed to take the place of Christ. My, take the place of Christ carrying on his ministry. Oh, you don't got no willy-nilly calling, bride of Christ. You are here to dwell, have him indwell in you, to reflect the very nature of God in you, to express who he is, to continue and carry his ministry. That's a high calling. I just come to church say amen. I'd just like to greet my friends. Oh, I'm sorry. You've missed it. You've missed the whole point. You have missed that God who desired to express himself to man, as we just conveyed, desired then that his spirit would be released so that he could come and dwell in you and me, so that you could continue his ministry. This has Zippo to do with shaking hands and saying, hey, it's a great, great day today, and hey, yeah, see you next time. No, this is God. What are you desiring today? We're coming to prayer on, on Monday. 
We have needs in our body. We're here to carry on the ministry of Jesus Christ because he was a healer. We'll speak healing. He was a creator. We'll speak creation. He was a resurrector. We'll speak resurrection. That's your ministry. A body thou hast prepared me. God dwells in the stature of man, reflecting himself into that being. A perfect worship. Perfect worship is God indwelling in you and I. Reflecting himself into that being. David Adam Moore, you sent a clip I was studying. This thought was on my heart last week. And we just put some different thoughts down. And I'm studying on Tuesday, I think it was. And David Adam Moore sends a little, little clip of Brother Branham to, to the, some of the brothers. <laughs> and he says, oh, Brother Branham says, speaks a few things. And he says, reflecting, something to reflecting Jesus Christ to the body, through the body. I said, oh, my, somebody's in the channel. <laughs> Brother David was in the channel. <laughs> Amen. I will find a place to close. Oh, my. God began the brooding again. Because as the types have, cannot be broken, the seed had to go into the ground. So when God raised up, there was a first church, a Pentecostal experience to show this is what my Holy Spirit does when it's in man and has the preeminence. And it came up as the first church. And here, Peter came out at Gate Beautiful, here he was possessor of the keys. Here he was whatsoever you loose or bind. This was what Peter was walking out with. Amen. Endued with power. Endued with an indwelling. He was reflecting the Son of God. And here he comes. This is Peter now. He comes out to people. He said, but Abraham says, the people that laid in his shadow never said, oh, come, Apostle Peter, cry over us. Oh, pray the prayer of faith, he says. No, no, they never said that. They knew he was anointed. They knew he was anointed. Oh, he must have lived a life, saints. He lived a life so that people on the streets were looking at that. He's anointed. He was with Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't, I, don't even need to pray over me. You know what he said? He says, no, no, no. They said he was anointed, vindicated, apostle. Apostle, he said, just let us lay in his shadow. Think about it. You don't have to say a word. We know it. We believe it. He says, oh, there's a life within him. Life within them, he says. Oh, and they've seen the apostles standing there. They've seen him heal a sick man and, and do things he did. They know he couldn't get to them. They never said, Peter, come on for prayer. And then now, just wait till you get thus saith the Lord. That's not what they said. That's not what they said. See what the Lord says. They said, if we can only lay in his shadow because the very God that was in Jesus Christ is in him. That's what you and I are here for. So that someone can look at you and say, oh my, Jesus Christ is in him. I just need to be in his shadow. He said, Jesus is in this man. If that shadow can reflect upon us, we will be healed. If the shadow could reflect, the shadow of Peter was reflecting healing virtue because they believed and said, that man has been with Jesus Christ. Oh God, 
If we could be that, that is what God is desiring for this last age. It might have gone down over time. It went down into the dirt. It went down and it had to die. And then it started to grow again. And God just started to brood more. He says, I got a bride. I know it fell way back there. Eve fell, but I know there's, I got some more people in my mind that are not going to do that. I just need to brood long enough. And so he brooded, here being, here being, Peter, the example of the fullness of God, his spirit now pouring through a vessel that he has preeminence with. And so Satan attacked down through the ages. When seed went in the ground, Satan's going, what? What's going on here? What's, what's, what's he doing anyhow? And so he would try and pervert this and pervert that and kill this one, kill these ones and that one, trying to, to push aside. I don't know what's happening here, but I'm just going to subdue, subdue and demolish and vanquish and kill all these ones. God, he, he has a secret. You don't know what you're doing, Satan. I know what I'm doing. I'm brooding. I have a mystery. I have a secret that I have. You do what you're going to do, but my plan will come to fruition whatever you think you're doing. And so here God is now, he had a purpose, but Abraham says a hidden mystery, as we've said, of God that he had in his mind before the world ever began, right down to this present hour we're living in, see. He says, then you will understand then, he says, God's great mystery, it's a secret. He kept it a secret. Nobody knew nothing. Even the angels didn't understand it. When? He said he didn't reveal it. That's the reason under our seventh mystery, when the seventh seal was open, it was silent. Nothing. Nobody knew. Hey, wh- wh- when are you coming? Nobody knows. These are, these are, this is my secret. I am not revealing this. It's a mystery. And Jesus was on earth. He said they wanted to know when he would come. Brother Brown said, he said, it's not even the son himself don't even know when it's going to happen. God has all this to himself. It's a secret. And that's the reason there was silence in heaven, space of a half hour, and seven thunders out of their voices, and John was even forbidden to write, see the coming of the Lord. That's the one thing he hasn't revealed yet of how he will come, when he will come. It's a good thing that he doesn't know. He has showed or revealed it in every type that's in the Bible. So he's actually been showing it in every type in the Bible. And people have poked and prodded. Well, where is this? And God's like, well, it's there. It's just hidden from the eyes of the wise and the prudent. It's my secret. Therefore, the entire Bible is the revelation of God's mystery in Christ. The entire Bible is an expression of one goal, that God had one purpose he wanted to achieve in the entire Bible, and all the acts of the believers in the Bible has been in type and expressing of what God's great goal is. You need to go to Christ and Mr. God revealed and read that over and over again. He says, and now in this last day, he has revealed it and shows it. And God's help will see right here this morning what the Lord has had in his mind all along and has expressed it. Ooh. What God had in his mind all along was that he would express himself. He as God the Father wanted to come down to man and express himself in his fullness. But then he wanted to come and express himself through a people to show his nature, to express the very image of who he is. And in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound 
all the mystery will be revealed. All the mystery, everything that God has held, that great mystery of what he has been holding in his mind will be revealed. And here people are just missing it, missing it because they're missing the revealing of God before them. The great secret of God, his very desire that his essence, his very nature would become indwelt in a people that he would have preeminence with. This was his great desire. That's his great secret. So that he could then return back to an Eden, restored again, so that he could have fellowship with the second Eve who would not doubt his word, who would not falter, who would not fail. That's his desire, his threefold purpose, the mystery of God. And here, how many have missed it? But there's a people that are ordained, ordained to catch the revealing of God, the unveiling of God in a people. Oh my, it was so precious to God. God's personal presence came in Jesus Christ. But when are you coming? They said, when are you coming? No one even knows. It was so precious to him when he would return again on earth. The personal presence of God unveiled. That's a secret. It's too precious. I'm not letting everybody know that. That's my own mystery. But then God sent a prophet to unveil and say the unveiling of God. He's here. He vindicated himself in a message so that ordained ones would catch, catch the very presence of God with us again. Catch the secret. Catch it. It's in you and I. You and I are the secret. You are the mystery. You're what God wanted to do. I got to unveil myself. I need to show myself through a people. I'm going to hold this back. But there is one. There will be those that will be, oh God, that will catch my secret of what I desire to do, they will be the mystery of Christ. Hallelujah. You are the mystery. You are the reflection. Christ is the mystery of God revealed in you. And if Christ is in you, and he is a mystery, then what are you? I need to get the quote, and then maybe you'll believe me. Too many quotes. Mercy, Lord, help me as we try to close here. He says, is that right? To receive his headship? This Eve, not what Eve did was to reject, but he said, then what is he? He is the head of the body, which is his church, bride. Then bride body must follow the head. He's the head. We are the body. We are his bride. Amen? It is for it is part, we are part of his resurrection and part of the mystery. Now you can take it from your prophet. So that's just Brother Michael said, no, no, you are part of the mystery. It's impossible 
for you not to go. It's impossible for you not to go in resurrection because you're part of him. If he resurrected, if he showed that attribute, that's his nature. What do you think you are? It's built in you. It doesn't matter what you think. You are going to go. He says, you're part of the mystery. Oh my, it's part of God's mystery. How God revealed himself here, raised it up by the word. So he reveals the church, raised it up by the same word. It's part of his threefold mystery, which was his secret that he held so closely to his heart. He held you to his heart because she's mine. I'm not letting anybody know all about this. This is just between me and my bride. And I will reveal when I so desire when I'm coming. And they, my ordained ones, will catch it. Amen. Glory to God. Musicians, why don't you come? My goodness. Forgive me. I haven't preached for a long time, so I give that excuse. <laughs> Amen. Well, I just, you know, all creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. I said, my, after, these, after this message that's come here, I say, Mm-mm. the groaning is ending because the manifestation is on. This is the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Creation, don't grow no longer. It's just a teeny bit more, and all of it will be over. All creations of when are we going to go back to our perfect existence? All, hum- all nature, all trees and all animals subjected to humanity and its, and its cruelties and, and just life, and it's groaning. Oh, when will we go back to that Eden? Something is groaning inside creation. It's waiting for you to catch. Oh, my. I am the mystery. I am what God has been trying to unveil. I am his secret being, uh, being unveiled now in this day. It's me. It's waiting for. It's me. I, the bride of Jesus Christ, groan no longer. I'll just put this in. Groaning is ending. And so is pretending. Because you can't pretend any longer. Nature can never pretend anymore. Judas tried for a long time, but what's inside him came out. At a point, at some point, pretending ended. And the real nature was then manifest. And that's where we are now at the end of time. I say, don't have, if you have a mask on, tear it off today. Tear the mask off and run to Christ. Say, I don't have that new birth experience. I don't have that nature. Or maybe I've got a new heart, new spirit, but I don't have his spirit. I'm still bouncing back and forth. I have a desire for God, but I'm torn over here. You need his spirit. His spirit. And then you say, oh, you will complete or be part of the completion of his mystery. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of our Lord. Brother Bram says, ah, I won't even go there. My goodness, just, be, just keep it going. It's too good. Yeah. It's too good. You know, I had like a lot of pages of quotes. I'm like, Lord, this can't be. I can't go even that long. It's impossible. So I just started deleting and deleting. And actually, I moved him to the bottom of my page. And, and it became pages because he's just wonderful. It's rich. You pour through Christ the mystery God revealed. You just go over line over line. You go back and read that again. You go back and read that again. Because it's, it's what we are. 
It's what we are. That's our word that makes us come to our position. Amen. Amen. Let's, I want to sing um, Christ the Transforming Light. Jesus revealed in me. Amen. That's my desire. That Christ the Transforming Light, old song, but it's got some words. You got that for me? There we are. You have to sing because I'm out of breath. Amen. Well, Christ the Transforming
Jesus revealed in me. That's my desire. His nature. His reflection. Say, Brother Michael, what does that look like? Well, I'm just going to give you some real, how we just look about just even right now, just even this very few days. I was just pondering. I said, Lord, expressing and reflecting your nature. You know, I was thinking, I said, well, that's like Brother David Adamora who's been expressing the very nature of God in this current situation, helping with Buddy EBA. That brother has expressed the nature of God in humility and meekness and gentleness. He's kind. That's God's attributes. That's the reflection of Jesus Christ right now. It's in our families as we intercede and we pray. Oh God, we have needs in our body. Our brother Henry, our brother Milko, our brother Ron Spencer, our different ones. Oh, that's the nature of God being expressed through his people. My goodness, it said it's Sister Julie Woolman putting her foot on the enemy, on his head saying that demon of depression it's mine it's over that's the nature of God in his people amen oh my sister Victoria I was thinking of prayer meeting as you were just praising and worshiping God calling oh God no matter the cost no matter what in the sorrow I'll speak of your joy through the tough times I'll praise and worship you that's the nature of God Hey, now you can just start to revel in your mind. What is that? That's exactly what that is. That's what that looks like. It's you and I living that self, that surrendered life. Lord, I give my all to thee. It's every mommy and daddy here living a token life before your families, holding on for your wayward loved ones. That's the nature of God in you and I. Amen. It's unstoppable. God's nature is unstoppable. Nothing's going to hold it back. One man said, we are born again to receive a nature which is indestructible by an accident, which is not to be consumed by fire, nor drowned by river, nor weakened by old age, nor smitten by a blast of pestilence. Nor smitten by a blast of pestilence. The nature of God will continue to go forward. No COVID can put its foot on the neck of God's children. No smitten down. A nature invulnerable to poison. A nature that shall not be destroyed by sword. It's a nature that's unconquerable. It's indestructible. It's of the incorruptible seed. That's your nature. Amen. You know, Brother Brown said, he goes, my. He said, God's nature, his nature... He says, your nature's God nature. He said, well, his nature's miracle. His nature's miracle. He said, his habit's miracle. Oh, I love that. That's exactly how he said it. His habit's miracle. You have a habit? You're like, you just, you're like oh, didn't even know I did that. It must be a habit. Got to kick that thing. Oh, I did that again. It's just a habit. Maybe you twig your hair, rub your ear. It's a habit. You don't even know you're doing it. God's habit. It's a miracle. My goodness, it just happens because it's his nature. Oh, then, amen. Look at that. Because that's who I am. That's who you are. Don't be, don't be like, whoa, it's a miracle. Oh, but a Sam's USB stick just appeared because his dog snipped and it was lost and he found it. You can ask him about it. Oh, my goodness, that's God's habit because it's a miracle. That's happening through his bride because she's expressing and reflecting his nature. And so as you walk through life, Brother Luis and Sister Grace, it's a miracle because it's his habit. Amen. Amen. Let's close, if we can. Let's just sing, I've got the life of God in me.
Yep. I've got the light of God. Father, Lord, we are thankful for the life of God that can be, Lord, reflected through, Lord, I can't even imagine, Lord, just specks of dust. Lord, that in your great eternities, as your prophet said, trillions and trillions of light years, and just you filled it all that our minds can't even comprehend. But Lord, that you desire to express yourself to a little speck of dust as we are, Lord. That's incredible. What grace is this? Lord, we thank you for the grace of God. Thank you for a word of this hour. Thank you, Lord, that we are actually here at this time. As your prophet said, if I picked a time to live, it'd be this time. Because this is the unveiling of your great mysteries. This is the finishing of your word. What a time that we live in, oh God. Oh, Jesus, help each one here, Lord, that we can catch the move of God. Catch what you're doing amongst us so that, Lord, when that great rapture call, Lord, continues through and sweeps to the next phase. Lord, our lamps are trimmed and burning and we're ready, Lord Jesus, to go with our bridegroom. Lord, if someone is not at that position, they're not ready. Lord, may they not ever delay. Do not delay. Oh, as the songwriter penned down, oh, sinner, what's your needless delay? God, that they could also run, run to your feet and surrender and say, oh, Lord, I want your nature and your ability to flow through me. Lord, we commit your people. I pray, Lord, your word, Lord, could find a resting place in their heart. Lord, forgive me if I said anything wrong or amiss. Lord, would you wipe it from the minds, but only your word, only your word will remain, for that's the only thing everlasting and eternal. But man's word, may it fail and perish, I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Go with each one, Lord, and dismiss them. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. Until Sunday. Maybe, but Abraham says, he says, I just look, and there Jesus was as he was ascending. He goes, I could just see air. He goes, I could see space coming up under his feet. And he goes, as he's watching, he's seeing as Jesus was ascending up on high. And he, just saw, he just saw space starting to come. Maybe, maybe just one day we start walking. Hey, there's space coming up underneath your feet, Brother John. Oh, my, rapture's on. I tell you what, we'll be walking on about that high if we see a resurrected saint. You bet there'll be space under my feet. I'll be like, I'm almost out of here. I don't know about you, but we're right there. Amen. So maybe tomorrow there might be one tapping you on the shoulder. That's where I'm at. I pray that's where you're at. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.